Constellation. 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 Welcome to Inner Bloom, a podcast about spirituality and intuitive empowerment where we help each other evolve and ascend through conscious community. I'm Alexa, a healer who utilizes EFT, also known as tapping, to help you process stuck emotions, release limiting beliefs, and reconnect with your inner child. I'm Ambrosia, a psychic medium and Arcturian channel, here to uplift and inspire you to see that you are capable of more than you know. Together, we empower people to live extraordinary lives. We do want to warn you, if you hang out with us long enough, you'll start to believe in yourself and realize that you're capable of anything. Enjoy Enjoy the the show. show. Hello, hello. Welcome back once again to Inner Bloom Podcast. I am Alexa. I am Ambrosia. And with us, we have our super magical... um, Hilarious, beautiful uh, <laughs> astrologer friend, Mr. Michael Boyle. Welcome back to a fan favorite, friend of the show, who makes a <laughs> he's making the funniest faces right now. I'll just I'll let you talk. Hi, welcome. Hi, Ma- <laughs> Hi Michael. Welcome to the show. <laughs> Was uh, <laughs> wait, oh my god, are you episode? doing that intentionally, okay. Michael? I knew it. I was gonna say that I was knew gonna it. Be too synchronistic. <laughs> I, Sir, I, I am offended. I honestly, I've been really lucky that I keep I seem to like just be pissing around on Facebook when you guys are starting a thing, and I'm like, oh, great, uh, perfect so timing. I, I caught that, and I just oh, it's just great. I really feel like Inner Bloom could be the. The, the platform to relaunch the was that chat you think we could resurrect i'm not ourselves? gonna i'm not gonna be a part of it i won't do it. To try <laughs> not gonna do it what's up with you michael uh what is up with me i've been doing loads of study to be honest with you uh loads and loads like i think i said last time i am basically using uh i don't want to refer to like the pandemic as like uh an opportunity but i do have a lot of time on my hands and I'm using it to just basically build uh, a vehicle that I'm going to use for like, using astrology with clients, which is uncommon, if not unique. Damn son. Yeah. Damn son. <laughs> right. So I'm building it. I'm fucking doing it. Hell yeah. yeah. Good job, so, Michael. <laughs> thanks. Um, so a part of that is uh, come across those of in- interest and information. So I put together another deep dive, uh, deep dive for Inner Bloom again. This one is... What is it called, Alexa? Oh, she's drinking. Hold on. No, no, hold on. I got it. I got it. Um, The discovery of the outer planets and the collective unconscious. I feel like this is like an episode of Star Trek or something. Do you remember Star Trek? And they would name, it would be like a very like mysterious title. You know, Mm -hmm. like, ooh, what's going to happen here? That's how I feel. I like it. I I love when Michael comes on. Go ahead, Michael. Love her stuff. Uh, I love being on. Love it. So I want to talk about, once again, because uh, we did it last time, kind of like history in relation to the planet. So well, it's almost like, because normally with astrology, the whole, the um, the law of correspondence, the whole as above, so below thing. So mm-hmm. typically you look at astrology as like what's going on in the sky kind of reflects like what's going on on this planet, right? But we're going to look through the other end of the telescope because we're going to look at like how what we're doing here 
because if it's like as above, so below, it works both ways. And it's synchronicity, so there's no cause. It's like an a-causal thing. So what how we're doing here is reflected in the in the sky. So the history we're going to talk about is mostly Western European history, uh, just because it's, it's where I'm from. I'm Scottish. It's like what I know most. But I would I would not be at all surprised uh, if like you looked into like Chinese history and it was all like the same kind of themes and stuff. So here's my opening premise, right? So this is a quote from uh, Ariel Goodman and Kenneth Johnson from a book. So I'm going to, in the, are you ready, Ambie? Ready. In the, in, the, uh, in the description of the episode, there'll be like a list of sources and things sorcerers. like that. Sorcerers. Yeah. <laughs> Lots sorcerer. of sorcerers. Sorcerer. Yeah. <laughs> we didn't plan that joke at all. No, not uh, at all. And I even failed at it. Go ahead. <laughs> uh, all right. So I'm going to give you the first part of the quote now. Then we're going to talk about all the shit. And then at the end, I'm going to give you the second part. So it's going to be like a cliffhanger ending. By the way, this is, how you, this is how you get a bass back on podcast. You leave them hanging. So yeah, it's true. that's what I'm going to do. So <laughs> here we go. <laughs> Quote, one of the tenets of astrological philosophy is that the discovery of a new planet signals the development of a new stage in humankind's conscious evolution. Jung believed that the collective unconscious would constellate new symbols or archetypes whenever humanity needed them. These new archetypes, which are more often dramatic restatements of old archetypes, emerge into our collective consciousness at sensitive points in history during times when the paradigms of reality are undergoing a radical shift. Oh, wow. That's exciting. That is exciting. That's like, you got to take, you got to hear that again. You've got to process that again. I love that. That was good. Lovely. So let's define some terms, right? Dimension archetype. Okay. What? But this is going to be part like talk, part mythology quiz. So this isn't really a mythology, but this is a warm up. What? What do you guys understand by the term archetype? Like a structure of like a character kind of thing, like a mold that like certain people fit in. Yeah. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Like I wrote, I wrote, I cheated in this quiz. I wrote down my my fucking notes. So it's like a. a <laughs> A repeated. How multi- dare you, Michael, be prepared for this podcast? <laughs> Shit. So I thought you were going to say don't swear. Anyway, I was like, kind of, kind <laughs> no, of, of course, you can always swear. To, uh, so like a repeated motif or symbol, and these are like universal. That's like the, the most important thing. Uh, also, Jung, they mentioned Jung. Jung Carl Jung oh, was a Swiss psychologist. Yeah. Uh, he was the founder of analytical psychology. Uh, he was a, he was a fucking genius. Uh, and the collective unconscious. What is the collective unconscious? You tell me. That's like the, oh, he's quizzing us, Alexa. Yeah. Engagement. <laughs> um, <laughs> like that's the, <laughs> so sorry. That's the, the amount of people that are not aware. Yes. Be professional, Michael. Fuck's sakes. Um, the amount of people that are not aware of like what is happening in our consciousness right now. Right. Yeah. So I'd, I'd say it's a part of, so like you have your personal conscious the stuff you're aware of, and then you have like your personal unconscious so like stuff that's in like your mind but you're not consciously aware of it uh like when people like when mental illness gets triggered usually it's like an unconscious thing that gets triggered right mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. Jung Jung uh wrote a lot about this idea of there being a collective unconscious so there's like some kind of like background noise of unconscious which is common to all humanity and that's what archetypes kind of are um so like these things that maybe are in the on the collective unconscious, maybe it's just like we can't perceive them. Maybe they're there already, or maybe they were created because we like noticed them. Right? Doesn't really matter. The point is, yeah. 
there's like a link there. So the ancient solar system ended with Saturn, right? It was like the sun and Mercury and Venus and then Earth, uh, Earth and the moon, and we get this the right order. Then it was Mars, and then Jupiter and Saturn, right? That was it. That was the end of it, right? Uh, so Bill Tierney, another quote coming, he says, Saturn, this is, sorry, excuse me, quote, Saturn won't allow us true transcendence until we've learned to better ground ourselves in matter with greater self-awareness. And then he notes that even a superbly healthy body is needed for deep spiritual awakening, according to yogic masters of the East, right? So it's like, oh, it's like, <laughs> I know, shit, that's my, that's my spiritual awakening out of the yeah. fucking wind. Uh, so it's like maybe humanity just like wasn't ready for all this shit uh, before 1781, which is when Uranus was discovered. But it's like now and since humanity has been trusted with like these keys and clues to like to like further our evolution. Yeah. So let's get this story on the story show, whatever it is on the road. So let's get this Uran- story on the road. Get the story. <laughs> Uranus discovered 13th of March, 1781. Mythology quiz. What do you know about the myth of Uranus? You can pass if you don't know. Pass. Hard pass. pass. I don't know about it. All right, cool. So Uranus in myth, he was a titan. So he's like part of the race that like begat the gods. So there was he's like the sky father. So Uranus was the sky father and Gaia was the earth mother. Uh, and they had loads of loads of loads of wains, which is a Glasgow word that means children. Not people called Wayne. Uh, so he had this like ridiculous, like ridiculously potent like creative power uh unfortunately all this like being a king or whatever went to his head and he became a tyrant and gaia uh, asked their son chronos who was the greek uh version of saturn asked his help to take down uh, uranus so what chronos did was basically castrated him which is obviously a symbol of like creative power or whatever uh, and then chronos went on to become a tyrant himself and that's like a whole other myth but the thing is right those like archetypes of this myth would suggest uh, someone who's like averse to like revolution and wants things to like be the same because all that thing about being a tyrant. But actually, this is the weird thing because the rest of the planets like Jupiter, Mars, whatever, they were named by people who were both astronomers and astrologers. So it was based on not just like some random myth or whatever, but also on like observation of like the effect on, on human beings on planet Earth that they had. But this one, it wasn't done. It was named from logic because they were like... Uh, Jupiter is like Zeus and then Saturn is Kronos. So they were like, oh, Zeus's dad was like, was, uh, sorry, Jupiter's dad was Saturn. So like, well, who was his dad? It was like Uranus. Um, but Richard Tarnus was like, actually, Uranus then has the wrong name. The archetypes don't fit. And he's like, the real name should be Prometheus. Mythology question two. What do you know about Prometheus? I have heard that name, but I don't remember it. I, I exact same answer. I know the name, oh. but I don't know what they did. So bad guy, right? Sorry, what? Was it a bad guy? Depends on your point of view. Oh, oh. oh. Depends on your point of view. <laughs> Michael so. just like, scared you know how he, like made a, he like made a good point by himself, but yeah, he's, he's like, the only oh. one that got the good point. He's like, oh, in your just face. My Lord okay. of the Rings. If you guys aren't anyway. following us on Facebook, you should just to see Michael Michael do that. Yes. <laughs> That's the video of Michael doing that. Go ahead. Amazing. We should make that a gift. Go ahead. Oh. Oh. <laughs> so Prometheus, he was a titan of fire. He actually created humanity, right? But his his whole deal was he gave like uh, 
his like pet project, which was like humanity, give us fire, right? And the the gods of Mount Olympus were not having that because they're like, that is fire. That's Mount Olympus bling. We're like, we're not having these mortals having that. So they took it away, and then Prometheus like stole it back and gave it back to humanity, right? This like fire, and uh, Zeus was not happy and like basically tortured Prometheus for like pretty much eternity for that. So question is, what's the fire? What's the big deal? Fire. What, what's the problem with that? Things go on fire all the time. But then you're like, yo, check this out. I read a lot of things of people saying that actually being able to cook, <laughs> being able to like cook food is something that really sets like human beings away from, like up from animals, right? Mm. Which because you get from that, you can imply like tools and technology and like all this kind of shit. Um, but even more than that, because like why is Zeus afraid of mortals having fire? Because it's the this fucking divine spark. That's what it is. Prometheus created mm. human beings and what it does to have the potential to become gods. So fire is really the divine spark and the potential to become gods. In, in this myth, I definitely think so. Okay, that's exciting. So, okay. Right, right. So so Uranus was, sorry, not Uranus, Prometheus, who was carried by the planet Uranus. Was this like rebel, this like revolutionary kind of figure kind of right. thing? This was like a really mind-blowing discovery. Um, this was a real break from tradition. First of all, it rotates on its side, like all other planets pretty much rotate like with their poles like facing the same kind of way right uranus rotates like 90 degrees over it's like lopsided it's doing its own fucking thing it's like fuck your physics also it was the first planet that was given a greek name all the ones have roman names that's why we have mercury instead of hermes and we have jupiter instead of zeus because our roman names uranus has got a greek name what a rebel huh crazy that's interesting before Uranus, we had seven days, and we had seven planets. Alexa, you were talking in the yes. one about Friday, Friday is Venus Day. Yo, so if we, it's actually easier to, so like Sunday, Monday, obvious, like sun, moon. Then uh, actually it's easier if we go to like Spanish, you know, speak Spanish, that's all right. <laughs> uh, like Tuesday in Spanish is Martes, which obviously is Mars. Then you got Mercules which is Mercury. Then you got Jueves with a J, which is Jupiter. And then you've got Viernes, which is Friday. Right. So in English, we're, fri- we're named after Freya, which is uh, we've got like Norse gods, but they all correspond like Freya's equivalent of Venus. Yeah. Then you've got seven, seven planets, seven days. And suddenly Uranus appears and fucks the whole thing up. Like, yeah. what are we going to do? Now we've got it doesn't fit. Are we going to add another fucking day? We yep. should. We should <laughs> add another weekend day. Oh, hello. Love it. <laughs> uh, just take just take an extra weekend. That's what I did. Yeah. <laughs> oh, sorry, boss. I'm not doing it until Monday. Oh, yep. I added another day. I didn't tell yeah. you. Yeah. You know, um, Uranus and everything. Alexa's <laughs> boss is a tyrant. So, you know. <laughs> Are you saying you're my boss? I'm <laughs> <laughs> saying you don't have a boss. I was yeah. Yeah. Shit, that's more Uranus than me. So also there were 12 signs and there were seven planets. Uh, sun and the moon got one each. And then you had 10 signs, five planets. And it was all cool. Then you got one more. It fucks up. It just, he fucked everything up, right? Hmm. So on Earth, this revolutionary square, what was going on? You had the American Revolution, 1765 to 1791. The French Revolution, 1789 to 1799. And importantly, the Industrial Revolution from 1760 to 1840. So the Industrial Revolution was going on in the USA and Europe, in particular Great Britain, excuse me, where it was like, suddenly uh, we had this burst of like of like technological creativity. I actually want to do a brief visualization exercise with okay. you two right now. Ooh. I'm with anyone oh my gosh, one. you've got like all kinds of stuff Exercises coming out of the woodworks today. today. I love it. 
it's all with my Lord of the Rings cup. I've nailed it. Okay, so yeah. we're gonna. So I wanna I wanna show you like the influence of uh, of this planet of Prometheus. So I'd like okay. to invite you to, cl- to close your eyes. Okay. Okay. Listen so, to the soothing sound of Michael's voice. <laughs> I'm just gonna hypnotize you and then just be like, wake up and be like, wasn't that great? No, nah, for real. <laughs> so I'd like you to imagine you are a person uh, living in 1750. The year is Sounds 1750. <laughs> so think about your name, who you are, where you are, like what you do, etc. Okay, so who are you? Keeping your eyes closed. What's our names? Yeah, tell me, tell me about yourself. I saw myself like in like black and white clothes. Like it looks like an apron. I heard my name was Marta and it's look, I saw myself like carrying stuff. Like I felt like I was a maid or like a, like a servant of some sort. Okay. Yeah. Who else have we got? Um, I feel like I'm a man, um, but I'm a poor man, which sucks. And I don't have a name, but Tom came to my mind when when I was trying to think of a name. Okay. So I've got a time machine here. So keeping your eyes closed, I am going to transport, when I click my fingers, I'm going to transport you to the year 2019, midday on a regular Tuesday, Times Square, New York City. What do you think? We're there as our like 1700s characters. (laughs) Wow. You really, really stepped into that character. No, I'm asking, (laughs) is that where what we're... Is that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, exactly, yeah. So, what do we think? I think it's uh, a different world and very I can't, futuristic. Yeah, I can't believe it. It's like incredibly overwhelming and shocking yeah. and like, I don't even know. Yeah, I'd probably Is pass it? out from yeah. overwhelm. Right? Right? Okay, so you're going to open your eyes now. You can become a, what's your names again? Alexa and Andrew. Whatever. It's fine. Uh, so like that is like the difference of of your So if I if we went back 250 years, I mean it'd be different, but it'd be like a lot closer. Whereas like we had this like since the the materialization, you can call it instead of a discovery of this like Promethean archetype in the sky, uh, there was like a harness the harnessing of nature by humanity like shifted up fucking several gears all of a sudden. So it really like we've been like given this fire again. Here's a list of inventions. These are the, the, on the Wikipedia article for like in timeline of inventions. From the seventh century, this is what we got: the windmill, uh, Greek fire, which was like an incendiary weapon that they kind of like they palm nasty stuff. So seventh century windmill, Greek fire, banknotes, and like porcelain, right? Cool inventions, right? Here's another list of inventions: the sewing machine, the telegraph, like early email, basically, the cotton gin, the hydraulic press, lithographs, like early photographs, plywood. The first successful vaccine for smallpox. Oh, shit. Wow. Air compressor and the paper machine. All those were in the 1790s. That was just 10 years. The previous four was a whole century. That's insane. Because all of those inventions that you listed second were like life-changing. Like literally. Yeah. Yeah. It's like we got the the fire. Yeah. We got the fire indeed. So... Culturally, in Europe, this was the age of enlightenment uh, as the human spirit kind of emerged from under the shadow of like dusty religious authority. There was a strong emphasis on individuality, freedom of thought, intellectual rebellion. Um, uh, in music, which are those are super like Promethean, they like really fit the, the planet. Uh, in music, you had like Mozart and Haydn and like early Beethoven. So like met, like music that is so good, people listen to it today. It's like 
Yeah. Timeless. It's like yeah. so good. Um, in, our, in architecture, you had neoclassicism. So like this uh, revival of styles from antiquity, especially like Rome and Greece. Uh, like you guys were in Washington, D.C. Did you see the Lincoln Memorial when you were there? No. Not this time, but I have before. Yeah, me too. Right. So Lincoln Memorial, even though it's actually after this period, is like a really like great example of neoclassical architecture because it's basically a shot for shot remake of the Temple of Zeus. If you like Google Temple wow. of Zeus and look at it, it's a fucking Lincoln Memorial because they were like trying to like bring back like stuff from antiquity, right? And that's relevant here because I'm gonna, and I know I talked about this last time. I just, I fucking, like I said to Andy before, basically I come on this podcast, I talk about Pluto and I talk about the USA. <laughs> that's <laughs> yeah, it. that's you it. You know what you're getting. <laughs> okay, so just quickly, the USA was born of an idea basically. So it was the child of philosophy. That, so this is a quote from me, check this out. It was the child of... <laughs> I fucking love you. Go ahead. <laughs> I wrote it word for word because it was so good. The USA was the child of philosophy, the desire to have a nation free from the clutches of the Dark Ages, of monarchy and of religion. In other words, it was supposed to be a new Greece or Rome. Ooh. So they were like, right? Uh, it was supposed to be... Oh, a... God. There you go. Oh, no. <laughs> go ahead. Finish your quote. Go ahead. Uh, it was... Uh, the USA was supposed to be a rational utopia... So like this, like based on the brain, like human inventiveness, a rational utopia, the idea that if logical human beings created a nation based on higher principles, it could be perfect. Uh, and it could be a rational Uranian utopia, which is like the whole the constitution getting like, what are our best like ideas, like Promethean mm -hmm. ideas, build a nation around those and it'll be perfect. But obviously the paradox is when an idea is made physical, imperfections arise. Yeah, nothing's perfect. But, well, unless, unless it's an idea, ideas can be perfect. What do you got, Alexa? Yeah, what was the excitement? Um, oh, 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 I remember. Um, like Rome, like, like Rome fell, right? Like there, I'm just going to sound stupid. This is, this is going places, everybody. Hold <laughs> on tight. Oh my looks at me blankly and takes another sip from his Lord of the Rings cup. Um, Rome, like Rome was this like amazing thing, but like Rome fell is what I'm saying. And I feel like I, it, this, it's where the parallels or parallels. That's all. I'm done. Yeah. I'm never saying oh, that. There's hella parallels. 100%. Okay. Let's carry on. <laughs> Ambi is loving it. Yeah. Laughing because I saw... I saw it happen and like I just I love when Alexa goes through those thought processes and you can see it play out sometimes things feel really significant to me like because I but like I can't translate it on the outside and that's fine no I think you know what that is I love the oh my god that was the best first um because that was the moment that the correlation happened, right? And so what you're saying is there's a correlation between Rome, the Roman Empire falling and America yes. falling. And yeah. I completely agree with you. I think it's a very astute observation, Alexa. I, I don't know if you guys heard the heard the last time I was on this podcast, but in that episode- We did hear that. <laughs> that, yeah, that was, on that uh, episode what? The, when I was talking about the Pluto return of the USA, so that- was the, when the USA was founded, obviously there's an overlap because it's the same period of time that Uranus was discovered. But yeah, same thing that basically Rome fell and the 
the British Empire kind of crumbled after Pluto returned. So, so yeah, I didn't want to spell out in the last time because I didn't think people were ready. But anyway, <laughs> they're ready now. Wow, well, they're not they're ready. They're Let's hard. hope. Okay, so one more thing about this period of time with uh, with Uranus. So in literature, there was like a lot of neoclassical philosophy. Rousseau wrote his social contract, which was like a kind of a treatise on the best ideas from antiquity and how you can kind of build a state around those. And Adam Smith wrote The Wealth of Nations, which was kind of a, uh, well, like not a treatise, kind of maybe a tra- I haven't actually read it to be honest with you, because it's boring. And it's about basically capitalism. He like form- formalized, that's what I was looking for. He like formalized and formalized like capitalism into like a kind of coherent thing. And also in 1752, the first science fiction story was written, right? That's crazy. And it, it was written by Voltaire and it's called Micromega, excuse my French. That's a great joke. What a terrible French. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm kidding. Go ahead. Uh, so this story was about aliens visiting Earth. In 1752, someone thought. Wow. I believe it. Huh. Interesting. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hurtle forward because uh, we don't have as much time as I planned for. For my fault, by the way, because I fucked it. But anyway, next planet <laughs> was Neptune, discovered 23rd of September, 1846. What do you guys know about Neptune? Uh, that it, well... All I know about it is astro- astrologically, it makes things all like weird and confusing. I didn't even know that. So <laughs> I know Neptune, that. And I did, Neptune, god of the sea. 10 points to Andy I didn't know there would be a test today. All right, Michael? <laughs> I was not Surprise emotionally test. or ready for this pop quiz. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, it's all good. So Neptune, the Greek name was Poseidon, who was the god of the sea. There Brother we go. of Zeus. Zeus was god of the land. Poseidon, God of the Sea, and Pluto, you know I had to bring up my guy, Pluto, is God of the Underworld. Mm. Um, So also this planet, in the same way that Uranus is a carrier for the Promethean uh, archetypes, this planet is a carrier for Dionysus for five points. Dionysus, God of... I know the name, I don't know what it's of. Wine, God of Wine. Oh, Dionysus, God of Wine, yes. So... Liz Green, in her book, it traces the whole mythology of, on her book, on the astrological Neptune, it's called, uh, traces the whole mythology of water. Um, like, Genesis 1 says, the spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. So this seems to be this, like, common thing in origin stories of mythology, that we all kind of came from water, right? And uh, Liz Green points out this, um, there always seems to be, like, some kind of sea serpent that gets defeated. Uh, Leviathan in the Old Testament, the Bible, and Tiamat, two examples. Tiamat was in Babylonian myth. Um, they're all conquered or defeated by some kind of hero or another. And Green says that uh, this represents the conquering by matter of pure spirit, like the victory of masculine form over feminine potential. In other words, like the coming into being from potential mm. into like physical reality. Um, in the myth of water, there's both a fascination with exploring the depths of that chaotic potential and a yearning to return, reunite, and be redeemed. That's like her whole argument about the myth of water. Best example ever, the Garden of Eden, right? Adam and Eve are in Eden with God. They're having the fucking time of their lives. <laughs> and then what happens? Raging. A, fuck, a fucking serpent. Turns up. Fucking up, serpent. Fucks the whole thing up. Then there's yeah. the fall, yeah. and that's pretty much where we are now. So the story is that, like, once humanity was, like, one with God, everything was good, and then there was a fall, and then now basically we're just, like, basically yearning to, like, 
reunite with God, whether that's like heaven or whatever the hell it is. Like the same kind of story like works in a lot of different ways. The same themes appear in like nostalgia, right? Where it's like you wish like, oh, back before the X, Y, Z, everything was so good. I wish we could get back to that same shit. Mm. The use of psychoactive substances is the same deal. Because just like, oh, what a shit day of work. Let me have a beer to like calm down or whatever, to like take the edge off or whatever. Dionysus, by the way, god of wine and shit. Um, also, when, if you. <laughs> TM. Uh, if, the, if there's like a like an issue with like um, like with, with your mother, basically, that the same kind of deal because think about when you're before you're born, you're basically, you are one, like with the mother. Like you're not only that, but you're like floating around in some fluid, right? Oh, right. Yeah. Right? Disgusting. Go ahead. <laughs> a little bit of biology to disgusting for Envy. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, like you said, in a, in a chart, astrology also re- uh, represents like a blurring of lines and distinctions um, and also supernatural or psychic events and abilities, right? Because if you're like closer to like merging with source, you're going to be... Uh, are, are you some kind of psychic or something, Envy? <laughs> <laughs> Keep going, keep going. Go, go, go. So, yeah, it's all about transcending or escaping the 3D world, right? To, like, come back to to God, basically. So, in Europe and the USA, what was happening at the time? This is bang in the peak of the Romantic era. So, from 1800 to 1850, uh, Liz Green, quote, Not surprisingly, this movement was at its peak just before Neptune's actual discovery. Although the Romantic movement is inextricably linked with the nationalist and socialist political movements, it was in essence an anti-rationalist cultural revolution whose fundamental tenets, as expressed by the artists who identified with it, were unmistakably Neptunian. The Romantic movement valued human beings for their imaginative and spiritual aspirations, emotional depth, and artistic creativity. Neptunian as fuck. So previously, when we had this whole like Uranus time where Uranus was like appearing and all this kind of thing. It was all about like thinking. It was all about like use your brain and then you can like become like gods or whatever. Whereas with Neptune, the romantic era is all about like, it's not about becoming a god through like thinking. It's like fusing, like returning to be with God again. Um, so it was really like anti-rationalist, the romantic movement. Saw the whole world as like one single unified organism filled with magic. But to understand that, you had to embrace the irrational. Whereas like enlightenment logic yeah. from previous time disciplined and therefore limited this is a quote from me i think disciplined and therefore limited the imagination in turn limiting contact with eternity oh shit love it <laughs> love <this. laughs> that's a good one that was a good quote deep i almost said it's balls deep and then i just said it anyway yeah so jesus <laughs> balls deep it doesn't even work it's not even the right expert okay so <laughs> like this like like this green said this time there was a at this time there was a rise of political ideas promising a return to some kind of Eden, right? So whereas we had this Promethean utopia where it was all about logic and using like the best laws uh, that we can like put together, uh, this one was about reclaiming Eden by the removal of the serpent, right? Bang on the same year, for example, 1849 discovery of Neptune, also the published the publishing of the Communist Manifesto by Karl Marx and Frederick Engels. So the Communist Manifesto, so in a lot of Marx's, uh, lot of Marx's like an idea of like societal development is that we started off in this like egalitarian hunter-gatherer kind of thing. Everyone was more or less on the same page. Then kind of 
you got kings and then everyone else at the bottom. Then we went to capitalism where this kind of like middle class evolved. So it's kind of like whatever. And then he's like, well, the next stage is obviously going to be like more and more egalitarian. So we're just going to end up, which is the same shit. It's, it's right. like we started in this like fucking egalitarian thing and then we had we fucked it and then it's like oh my god and then it's like but don't worry if if we get rid of the serpent like the bourgeoisie or whatever then it's like we can reclaim eden hmm. boom same isn't year. it always that way don't you always think if i just get rid of this then i'll be happy and you never are <laughs> <laughs> yeah but you're sorry you're, you're, <laughs> <laughs> Michael did a spit take on that one. He was like, <laughs> I've done it both ways. I've gone, oh, and jumped back. Yeah. And I've fucking launched myself in and out. On that one. But, Amber, let's All not right. forget, your chart is hella 12th house heavy, which is like the Neptunian Piscean house. So, of course, you What does that, that mean, Michael? What does that mean? It means what you just said. You're just like, I feel like this all the time. No shit, Sherlock. <laughs> <laughs> We like that she's supposed to, she oh, she's gonna God, Michael. she's gonna God. feel like she always like wants to once she gets something she'll feel better or when she gets rid of something she'll feel better like a yearning for redemption basically a yearning to return and reunite with with God like you want to get rid of the serpent and you want to go back to frolic around in Eden and do whatever the hell they were doing making people out of ribs or whatever the fuck. That is, yeah, that well, is. yeah, because you're always saying that, like. How you, I fucking feel right now, yeah. You always say that, like, being human, you're like, this sucks. I hate being Being human, human does suck. I'm, and I I'm, challenge a person to fight me on that. Go ahead. Well, it sucks, <laughs> but it's awesome. Um, but you always say, like, I'm, um, this is my last life here. I can't wait. Like, I, you know. My last rotation, guys. Yeah. This is, this has been quite the ride. Yeah. I can't. I don't want to do this again. Yeah. Yeah, fuck, fuck this. I don't want to do See? it now. I never mind again. So anyway. Michael's on the same page with me. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Uh, so like you said, so like socialism was, is definitely a Neptune kind of idea. So at this time also in Europe, there was a big load of national pride started to develop. This like longing for a past golden age, romanticizing the past and imagining a pure past national unit free from foreign influence. Good exa- So actually in 1848, that same year, there were loads of revolutions. Like if actually it'll be in the sources is a, a lot of like massive wave of revolutions across Europe. A lot of it was based on wanting to have was socialist bent or was like a nationalist bent. Uh, good examples in Hungary, they'd been like under the auspices of the Austrian crown. And they were like, fuck that, we're Hungarians. We want to like unify and have a Hungarian like national state because like free from like foreign influence, whatever that means. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a popularity of like old folk wisdom at the time, old folk tales, old traditions. There was the the stereotype kind of came out this time uh, of the noble savage, which is obviously like a really like rough and really disgusting like terminology. But basically what it means is like this idea of like people who live like in connection with nature, they're unspoiled by like technology or whatever. People still feel like that today. Like you want to like get back to nature. You want to leave like your phone and your laptop yeah. behind. Just fucking... Same kind of, this is like a really like romantic idea. Um, Italy unified in 1861, Germany unified 1871. So like at this time it was like nationalism and like socialism were both coming in. They're both coming from the same kind of idea about like a yearning to return to like what once was by, as I said, like removing the serpent. Um, the unconscious 
was like starting to be like investigated at this time. The first psychological journal started to appear. Uh, 1890, William James published The Principles of Psychology, which was like a really important like early textbook of psychology. Um, it's like human beings were starting to understand the brain, sorry, the mind, not simply the brain. Um, also spiritualism, which is, as I said, is like super Neptune and reached a peak in popularity in the 1840s, which is that decade I'm talking about. And then it crossed over into, into Europe as well. There will um, be a test, guys, after this, though. I know. I, I, think this, I think this shit is fucking interesting. So just hit, just mute me anytime, guys. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I want to give you one one other example of, like, the romantic era, which is in music. I studied music at uni, so, like, this is how I just process this shit. I want to give you an example of Hector Berlioz, this French composer no one's ever heard of. Uh, actually, people people who went to and got a meaningless music degree know who he is. Uh, not meaningless it was great it's not meaningless definitely not so he had this uh, symphony called la symphonie fantastique the fantastic symphony to be clear he's not giving himself a review he's not like he's not writing like the gold star symphony when he says fantastic he's talking about this like full of fantasy so Berlioz himself wrote to a friend saying quote you don't know what love is whatever you may say for you it's not that rage, that fury, that delirium, which takes possession of all one's faculties, which renders one capable of anything. Mm-hmm. That's like really romantic era, really Neptunian, just like going all in for love, right? He wrote this symphony fantastique, which, by the way, was uh, in the style of what's called, um, oh shit, I didn't write down the <laughs> notes. Program music is what it's called. So it's like you listen to like five movements in this case, and each one, uh, everyone who went there got like a, a piece of paper that said, movement one is about this, just like a little paragraph. And then you sit and you listen to like the 15 minutes of music, imagining the scene like for yourself based on the music. Neptunian as far. Really cool. So the story in this, Symphony of Vondesti, is about a man who sees a woman, fall, immediately falls hopelessly in love, Neptune. And it's a love which is ignored by the woman. So he has this like fall, basically. Neptune. So then he's like, he's well, terrible. He's like distraught. So he's like, fuck it, I'll go to a party, Dionysus, to like take his take his mind off her, right? But everywhere he looks, he like sees something that reminds him of her, and he hears in his head uh, this like musical like melody that he like that signifies like her, Neptune. So he's is going mad. He's like, I can't take it. So he decides to poison himself with opium, Neptune, Dionysus. Jesus Christ, that escalated fast. Oh, 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 we're not done, right? So then in his, like, drunken stupor, okay. he, or it's his, like, well, oh, drunken stupor. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, nice. He dreams that he's killed this woman, and then he witnesses his own execution while he's, like, high as fuck. Neptune, Neptune, Neptune. And then the next part, the last part, is he sees his own funeral in hell, and it's, like, all manner of, like, sorcerers with their sources ambi and monsters and like all this, and this woman is there and she's like turning, like the melody is like this like grotesque like version. She's like transfigured into this whole thing. That is like Neptunian as fuck. And it's fucking, <laughs> <laughs> that is so like going all in, like that's how he really felt about like this woman that he saw like in a play once. Mad. Wow. Well, you know, sometimes people be crazy and like. That's <laughs> <laughs> all crazy. you need to know. That's all you need to know. Um, so I know I'm running really fast here, right? But I just want to make sure we get in. You know what? It's my boy. We're going to talk about Pluto. 
it's the last one so again so the whole the whole idea here is the like what's the what's going on on earth is like building the potential for a new archetype to be constellated right that's cool. like that wasn't the initial quote right so it's like new ideas uh like the other end of the telescope right it's not just the the sky affecting earth it's earth affecting the sky right um pluto what do you guys know about pluto mythology oh, fuck shit up <laughs> the planet sure but like the actual myth of pluto oh. Pluto was god of the, oh no nothing nothing god of the underworld so you said that damn it I did, yeah. Go ahead. So, other name is Hades, really similar um, myths around Hades. So, brother of Zeus, uh, king of the underworld, which is not like the Christian hell, but it's more like the shadow. Yeah. What do you guys, what's the shadow? Oh, like your, um, the aspects of yourself that you don't really like look at much because they feel like dark and heavy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the shadow's not bad. It's just something that feels painful. So, we avoid it, but it's not bad. Nailed it. I, I really like that. It is something we avoid. It's something we like repress, right? And then it usually comes out via projection. And you see in other people and you get pissed off at them when yeah. really it's like, oh, but that's the thing, right? When you're fucked off at someone else who's like, I don't know, they can't. Did you say fucked off at someone else? Yeah. Okay. Is that not a thing? Do you say no. that? If Go someone ahead. fucks you off, fucks you off, it means like pisses you off. You guys don't yeah, say yeah, that. No, we, no, we got, that. It. I got it. That's a good time. <laughs> oh, I go. So there's this other myth around Pluto and Hades where the myth of Persephone. Do you guys know anything about Persephone? I was just going to bring her up because when I think of the underworld, I think of Persephone. What happened to Persephone? Who's Persephone? So she was the daughter of Ceres or Demeter, who was like the earth goddess. And suddenly one day they're just in the field having having a jolly good time. And suddenly the earth splits open, Hades splits open and abducts Persephone to take her down to the underworld. Right. Wow. Sarah is, is so distraught that she starts working and then everything dies. And then we get winter. Right. They worked out something so that Persephone would spend half her time above with Sarah's and half time below. And that's why uh, Sarah's was happy again. So like we got spring and shit. Um, so <laughs> the thing is like in this like Persephone, apart from obviously the whole like got abducted thing, like the Greeks were like that. Right. Or they wrote about that shit. Um, so like Persephone, basically, she was forced to face her shadow. She didn't have an option about it. She was just she was suddenly dragged into it. Is I mean, we're all, we all get that, right? Um, but the That's thing is, she returns. So Hades needed uh, a queen to make his rule of the underworld legitimate. So Persephone became the queen. So she was forced to face her shadow. And when she returned, she wasn't like someone's daughter. She was a fucking queen. She was a fucking woman. Wow. Right? Yeah. Um, so she faced her shadow. And she was forced to. Pluto, Pluto, Pluto forced her to face her shadow. Um, and I've got a little quote here from Stephen Forrest who said, Plutonian triggers single a ripening of the unconscious, giving opportunity for maturity enough to allow the integration of difficult material which has been hidden from conscious awareness. Basically what Andy said. Um, I'm, I'm going to say, <laughs> I'm going to say that Pluto, when, when Pluto arrived, humanity was being forced to face the shadow of all the stuff that Uranus and Neptune had brought us. So, mm. so Michael, give me just one fucking yeah. example. Yes. So the shadow of the Industrial Revolution that happened in Uranus was laid bare by World War One, which obviously had the seeds of World War Two, where suddenly war wasn't just like you go if you're like a British like lad, you jump on the ship, you head to the other side of the world, and like 
you shoot brown people who like don't have as good weapons as you you hunt a tiger to mount it on your wall and you have great stories suddenly it was like oh fuck we're in a trench and there's mm. like it's not just like bang and then you have to spend like five hours reloading it's like a fucking we've got machine guns yeah. we've got fucking yeah. planes pl- like classic but that's a, a promethean thing as well like humanity suddenly becomes a 3d species when we figure out how to fly and shit yeah. and then it's like we, we figure out how to like drop bombs with it and then he's like gas like chemical fucking warfare horrific that's the underside of the industrial revolution right mm. another one 19 so pluto was discovered 1930 1929 was the wall street crash so mm. this was the shadow of capitalism which as i mentioned is like a, a uranian idea um people talk about plutocrats which is like ruled by wealth like plutocrat because pluto is related to wealth and things like that um so that was a shadow of this idea that logic could found a new or perfect republic based on free enterprise right also interesting analogy that this kind of works even better than a shadow because like most people don't really understand the stock market but it does have a real impact in our lives so it's like kind of the shadow mm, in that kind of way yeah um Romantic nationalism's dream of reclaiming Eden by removing the serpent obviously led to like way like uh, bold like anti-Semitism and basically fascism. Right, this what was like a oh maybe we can get rid of the Austrians and then we can be like Hungarians suddenly turned into like like this fascination with like German national identity and getting rid of like everyone who's not German and not perfect. Right, that's the underbelly of that. Like what was quite a nice idea. Right. Um, Modern propaganda as well. So I mentioned in, in Neptunian times, like people were starting to understand like psychology. Modern propaganda basically weaponized psychology, right? Again, the Nazis, like the whole rallies, the uniforms, all this like callback to German identity, the promise of like Eden, like we're going to get this thousand year Reich and stuff like that. Um, this is all so like basically Pluto showed us collectively the need to integrate the shadow to prevent it like busting out of all this kind of stuff. And that's what he does in the chart. That's the well, word that's right. not... That sounds good. So he he integrates it so we, it doesn't like so we don't get swooped up by hell. I, it's basically what Pluto does. Like like I said before, fuck shit up. It's like you get abducted, just like Persephone. You get abducted by <laughs> by, by Pluto, and you're like, this so, this is sucks. And then you got to face your shadow. And then huh, this is the perfect metaphor for the pandemic. Yeah, because everybody because everybody's like, what the hell? This just like took me out of my world and I was Mm -hmm. doing this and this and this. And why is this happening? I'm so angry. And it's like, but all these really powerful transformations happen, too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. There's lots of shadow work that is kind of been forced through. Uh, Like, I mean, I mean, the environment is another one that's like uh, the environmental impact is like another part of the shadow of, of the Industrial Revolution. Like it was, it's really good. We can make all this shit, but also we're all gonna fucking drown or whatever else. So, so I know, I know you have like a a hard thing. So I'm just gonna skip right to the end. Remember, I started off with a quote that was gonna give you the second half of. Yes. Yes. Are you ready? Yes. Dramatic sip of water. (laughs) So, by the way, I'm sorry for everyone listening. That was like a fucking breakneck speed. Fucking (laughs) talk about talk. Talk about a fucking machine gun. If you're but, listening to this on the podcast, maybe listen on like half speed because you can do that. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I'm, I'm sorry. It was all my fault as well. I totally fucked it. I don't know how to read time. That's my thing. <laughs> Tell time. So the first, so again, my argument was basically the, uh, on earth, our, our collective unconscious on earth, maybe we produced like like other planets or maybe they were there all along and we just couldn't see them until we were ready it doesn't matter mm-hmm. so the first part of the quote and then i'm going to give you the second part which is a cliffhanger 
which hopefully will get me back on the show. So, <laughs> and then I'll, I'll do the time thing properly. Okay, quote, again, one of the tenets of astrological philosophy is that the discovery of a new planet signals the development of a new stage in humankind's conscious evolution, like we were saying, right? Jung believes that the collective unconscious would constellate new symbols or archetypes whenever humanity needed them. These new archetypes, which are more often dramatic restatements of old archetypes, emerge into our collective consciousness at sensitive points in history during times when the paradigms of reality are undergoing a radical shift. Right? That's the first part. Second part. Here's the cliffhanger. Impressed by the archetypal symbolism he observed in UFO reports, Jung suggested that UFOs were themselves the manifestation of a new archetype. Jacques Vallée and Wittler Schreiber have reached similar conclusions about the so-called visitor experience to be continued whoa that was a good cliffhanger michael did you like it i'm impressed you've done a lot of things that have impressed me this might have taken the cake today the cake <laughs> oh my god <laughs> i love cake great lovely amazing michael oh that was michael. worth the wait that that <laughs> that last quote was was worth the the two-parter yes Correct. So, yeah, well, I, I will, I've got more shit to say, obviously, because I'll just talk forever. But I really hope that was interesting. I don't know how useful it would be, but I thought it was interesting to, like, dig into that shit. So there are sources in the thing, some books that have a lot of this information and obviously the quotes and some, like, Wikipedia articles and stuff that talk about this shit. If you're interested, you can read more. Cool. Yeah, Michael's going to send us the sources so you can dive into it. Michael, and we'll put that in the show notes. Um Michael, two things. One, how can people contact you if they want to? You can. I've got a page on Facebook, which is uh, called White Magic, Magic CK. Uh, White Magic with Michael. Michael spelled M-A-E-C-H-Y-L. That where I, if you're like, what the hell? When you hit play, that's what I'm talking about. White Magic with Michael. Uh, also on Facebook, you can find me in the Inner Bloom Facebook group. Uh, or you could email me at Michael Boyle. Again, that's M A. E-C-H-Y-L-B-O-Y-L-E at gmail.com. Uh, I think that's it. Perfect. And um, I don't know if you've ever thought about this, but you should definitely be a professor. You should definitely like teach at a college. Like I just feel like I see that. You're just I, – I know you – do you teach already? Or so? Do you want to do that? Do you teach already? I, I'm definitely going to – from like January, I want to do like this kind of like deep dive stuff and record kind of like – because it's basically a yeah, lecture, isn't I'm it? Yeah, sure. Yep. Um, a lecture but i'm there's like jokes here on my notes like yeah <laughs> to like make, make it palatable uh so yeah i do that on youtube and stuff like that but maybe down the line i'd love to teach this shit but for now Michael, I'm, just, have you I'm, ever, I'm really just learning sorry have you ever seen drunk history no really <laughs> no you mentioned so, it last time i i didn't bother my shirt to, to look so good you should do that like we could well, just well, get you drunk and then you could tell us about astrology and different sources. And I mean, that's like basically that. what we do. I was going to say, this is even better. <laughs> yeah, basically, but here's, but here's no, the thing. No, he tells it like that already. He's yeah, like, yeah, yeah, saying, no, no, no. But it's going to be super funny. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Not the point. All right. I love you, Andy. <laughs> love you too, Michael. Love both of you guys. Thanks, Michael, for coming on this show. Thank you for your amazing information and your beautiful storytelling. Pleasure. If you've enjoyed this podcast, we would love, love, love it if you would leave a rating and review on Apple iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. 
If you would like to get in touch for a reading with Ambie, an EFT session with Alexa, or just to say what up, you can email us at innerbloompodcast at gmail.com or follow us on Instagram and Facebook at innerbloompodcast. Podcast.